Grow PDX is a live call-in radio show and podcast focused on gardening, farming, community food systems, and more. You know, plants for people, pollinators, and the planet. And now we turn to the host of Grow PDX, Weston Miller of Oregon State University. Hi there, this is Weston Miller with OSU with digital producer Diana Suarez, and we're here on Grow PDX. Coming at you live each week on Wednesdays from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. on X-Ray FM and on Facebook Live via The Oregonian. Thank you so much for joining us. To start the show today, I want you to picture the bounty of produce that you hope to grow in 2017. You see colorful lettuces, dark green kale, cilantro, scallions, cucumbers, carrots, and of course, tomatoes. Does this vision of your own horn of plenty make you happy? Well, we will dive into vegetable gardening in just a bit, but first let's celebrate our plant of the week, which is lovage. Loving it. And we've got a big sample of the other one. Oh, this other guy. This one right here, lovage. Yeah. So lovage is plant that's related to carrots and to celery and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I like it because it's perennial. So that means that it dies back to the ground each year, but already, here we are in mid-April, the lovage is three feet tall. It, let's call it mega parsley. It's got That's a really- That's what I was gonna say. It kind of looks like parsley it leaves. Is. Oh. And it is, and you can eat the leaves, you can eat the stems, oh. and it's got a really, really strong parsley slash celery um, odor and taste. Yeah, that is quite fresh and green, kind of. Yeah, I would put that on salad. And yeah, you could chop, chop it up nice and fine and put it in a salad. Also, it's used as a base of broth, so it's gonna carry flavor mm-hmm. really well it's a little bitter duck. and if you add a little bit of salt to it it mm-hmm. would really flavor up your soup broths pretty nicely okay. and one thing I've always wanted to do with lovage is to make some sort of cordial so put it in brandy or something like that okay um very, maybe a very herbal type drink it I would like be an that. herbal type drink yeah. can Absolutely. you use it in like a bitter or a uh, something like that I think you an could amaro yeah, so cool. um, you could use it as sort of the the bitters for the base of a um, you know a whiskey drink or something like that. Cool. Um, so lovage comes from Eurasia and it grows really readily here. Mm-hmm. In fact, it will self seed if you mm. let it. Uh, just a couple years ago at my house, the lovage seeds came down to the ground, and the next year they germinated and they grew pretty readily on their own. So it's a little bit scary because it could spread around your garden a little bit. <laughs> but overall, I would say that lovage is a great plant if you want a, an edible plant that also gets pretty big. So the, the foliage, three, four feet tall, and then coming up in about a month or so, it's gonna also um, put out the the flower stalks. Yeah, and what those, do the flowers look like? Well, they, they look like um, Queen Anne's lace flowers, so okay. umbel type flowers, but mm-hmm. a little bit bigger. Uh-huh. And they the stalks are maybe like five or six feet tall and they tend to flop a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but eventually, you know, they'll be there. And when it's growing like that, the flower stalks are there. The the pollinators, so the honeybees, uh-huh. yeah. the little wasps, the bumblebees, all really, really like lovage. Okay. And as it's growing through the course of the season, I go with a garden knife, basically, and just chop it down, mm-hmm. all of the foliage, because it puts on a lot of foliage, yeah. and then just kind of lay that around the plant and let it mulch. Okay. So it's a self-mulching plant, too. It, yeah. gr- it grows everything it needs to yeah. keep other plants from encroaching on it. And then, what, you know, all of the nu- nutrients are in the plant, so then the plant 
the plant dies and then gives the nutrients back into yeah, the dirt. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That yeah. that mulch will break down and yeah. it just forms the basis of the um, of the the soil organic matter that's right there cool. around the plant. So, so for all of those reasons, lovage is really one of my favorite plants. Yeah, can I? I'm just reading now. The term lovage is from love ache ache meaning a being a medieval term for parsley so right yeah, yeah. this is super parsley and yeah. it is in that same family as parsley and carrots and celery and all of those cool plants yeah one of the common names of lovage is magic route because it's reminiscent of the magi soup seasoning common in germany there you go <laughs> it is it would be a good base for a nice hearty yeah, soup we did say that cool all right this is Grow PDX on X-Ray FM. I'm your host, Weston Miller, with digital producer Diana Suarez. Diana, uh, who's joining us on Facebook this afternoon? Um, today we have a Betty uh, from from Illinois, from Normal Illinois. I don't know what's happening in Abnormal in Illinois, but thanks, Betty, for joining, joining us. We also got Lonnie Port. Uh, thanks, Lonnie. And then over here we have our friends Katie Mahler and... Um, Jerry and Gail and Hannah, Christina. Thanks so much for joining us, friends. Oh. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask away. Howdy, Gail Angelato. It's good to have you with us. Yeah. And Diana, now it's time to shift our attention to vegetable gardening. But mm -hmm. I want to remind folks that if people have questions, they should call us at 503-233-9729 or feel free to post your questions on the Facebook feed at yep. The Oregonian. Now spring is here, Diana, mm -hmm. and I know that you're wanting to get vegetable gardening, but you've got some questions about it. Yeah, I do have a question. Um, what what plants are good to grow here in the spring just to get started now, just because it's, you know, the beginning and yeah, what would you recommend? Right. This is very early season and everything is running a couple, three or so weeks behind um, what would be expected for an average gardening season because it's been so wet and cold. And starting early in the spring, you'd want to plant crops that will handle the cold conditions. The soil is still below 50 degrees. And I would say kale and lettuces would be really good choices. Okay. I would also say potatoes would be a good choice of crops that you could grow right now early in the season. We already talked about parsley-like things, but parsley itself would be something that you could you could plant now. Yeah. Chives would be another good early season crop for you. Mm -hmm. And Diana, I've got some questions for you. I wanna yeah. help you to be successful this yeah. season. Uh -huh. And I wanna get a, my mind around where you're gonna be growing your, your crops. Sure. So um, what do you have in mind? Does it get full sun? What's growing there now? Yeah, so I've noticed that my house is uh, south-facing. Oh, so, good. So, so you have south-facing backyard? Um, front yard. Front yard. Okay, yeah, that'll so, work. Yeah, so we have some stuff in the front of our yard. The sun, uh, we get a lot of sun exposure in the front because it's going from east to west. Yeah. On the um, western side, we have a little bit more sun exposure towards the afternoon because we mm -hmm. live right by the freeway, so it's kind of, you know pretty far west. Yeah. Um, the ground right now is looking pretty wet. Um, yeah. Things are drying out. We recently pulled up a bunch of bear's breach. So, oh, okay. So a lot, 
the soil is really rich, but there's just a lot of those bears breach, breach roots that are trying that to are come up. That are still coming back. Okay, yeah. great. That provides a really good context. So number one, for growing veg- vegetables, uh-huh. um, southern exposure is great. Uh-huh. Um, your front yard sounds like the best place to grow the veggies. Yeah. For dealing with bears breach, it's a perennial and it has a pretty extensive root system. Yeah, they're So get in there and, and grub those out a couple more times yep. over the next couple weeks. And mm-hmm. once you have that out, uh, you'll have a pretty good place to start. Cool. And I suppose, what do you have in mind in terms of materials? Are you trying to do it as cheaply as possible? Do you have a budget? Yeah, so I work at a nonprofit, so okay. I'm always trying to do things um, as cheaply as possible. And um, yeah, we're, we've just been kind of picking stuff up as we see things going um, going up at like New Seasons and at Fred Meyers. We have some Brussels sprouts in right now. We have some... Um, um, parsley. That parsley as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's start with soil preparation for okay. your situation. Yeah. And what I do is uh, once you get all that bear's breach out of there uh-huh. to get some compost, okay. uh, just a bag or two of compost, sure. depending on the size of the area, uh-huh. you'll want to spread it around so you have at least an inch or so or maybe even a couple inches of compost over the whole area. Yeah. What the about next, tilling? What do you recommend for tilling? I would recommend using hand tools yeah. like either a shovel yeah. or a spading fork okay. or uh, uh, um, a spade. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd don't really recommend renting a rototiller or oh, anything no, no, like no. that. But I just mean like, should I lay down the compost and then till to try oh, to yeah, get it? Yeah, great question. Let's lay down the compost first. Let's put um, some lime on the soil as well. Lime is calcium carbonate, and it's going to help to Im- improve the soil pH a little bit. Lime, like L-Y-M-E? L-I-M-E, lime, agricultural lime. Got it, okay. As in, Where can I find that? You can find that at any gardening store. They should okay. have it. Even big box stores are going to have lime for you. Got it. And you'll want to try to dig the compost and the lime in as deeply as you can. Okay. And just as deep as a shovel will get it. Mm-hmm. Um, that will do pretty well. The other thing I would add at that time is some sort of organic fertilizer. Got it. You're mixing all these amendments, the compost, the fertilizer, uh-huh. the lime, into the soil all at one time. Uh-huh. And then you can start planting from there. Okay, awesome. It, so your cheapest option we just went through. I'm guessing that containers might also be a good option for y'all. Yeah. And the recommendation for containers in terms of getting started is, number one, choose some big containers. So somewhere around uh-huh. five gallons or so. Yeah. You could recycle some food-grade five-gallon buckets, if you okay. like. If you can sc- scrounge those somewhere. Uh, you'd want to drill some holes down at the, the base towards the bottom. For some drainage. Uh, for drainage from the outside. Mm-hmm. Then you'll want to get yourself some potting soil. And really, any old potting soil will do. Yeah. And here's where you'd want to lo- add that lime Got and it. add the fertilizer to the potting soil uh-huh. and that way you'll provide for the nutrient needs that the plants will need as they get going. Okay. I have a question. Is it weird to take the container and bury it in the ground? Good question. In terms of burying a container in the ground, you can do that um, and people do do that for things like mint that they're trying to, to keep. Oh yeah, uh, we actually have that. Uh, stationary. Yeah. But overall, I would just keep um, containers on the surface, maybe on a patio okay. or some sort of bricks or straight on the soil if you like. Okay. Um, and if you bury them, you'll probably end up unburying them at some point <laughs> along yeah. the line anyway. I just want them to look at least kind of pretty, not just these random buckets around my house. But I guess it doesn't matter because then the beautiful fruits and vegetables will grow. And, and they, they will yeah. grow. Cool. And <laughs> Diana, you've already mentioned a couple things that you want to grow. Are there any other crops that really strike your fancy this season? Um, I would love to grow some cucumbers. I'm a big cucumber fan. Um, 
just herbs i i find that one of my challenges is just remembering that i have herbs outside uh-huh. so maybe if i just start going outside every day before i cook dinner and gathering my herbs that might that, be there you go that is a yeah. great practice to yeah. keep yourself in touch with the garden and to know what is ready to harvest and when yeah. and i'd say overall uh you know herbs would go great in a container okay and let's say parsley sage rosemary <laughs> and thyme oh that's are a, things that you could grow all Weston, together you're a, i know you're a i'm singer. busting out the song here <laughs> very good um, very good those are things that you could grow together in a container and you go outside and you harvest Harvest those, uh, you know, right before you're going to make your dinner. Cool. Um, I don't know. What else do we want to grow? I got Will, my producer over here. Will, help me out. What are we growing? Um, yeah, again, we have those Brussels sprouts. We're trying to grow hops. Um, we put in some hops last year, and we're hoping that, that they'll spring up again this year, but we're not sure. They will. Harp, hops are a perennial plant, and they okay. will come back with a vengeance. Oh. They just keep growing and growing okay. um, every year. Well, based. we want to brew all the beer, which leads us to our next question. Will, our friend, our um, audio producer on the other side, hops, don't, hops are not doing so hot in our garden, and you just said they will be back. Um, and well, tempting. It seems overly ambitious to grow a whole gar- a whole garden of them. And what are some other interesting plants that I can brew beer with? Oh, interesting. Well, I would say that the lovage would actually oh. be something really pretty interesting to add to your um, beer mash. I potentially, I think, it would add a really strong cilantro, um, citrusy Freshness, type flavor yeah. to it. Yeah. And then I'd just say overall, with your hops. Um, a couple plants is probably going to be plenty. Hops are pretty susceptible to aphids, so mm. be wary of that. Probably not adding too much fertilizer is going to be the best way to deal with that situation. Oh, that's a great question. We do have some slugs and a little bit of aphids. What would you recommend for those guys? Right. Slugs, w- the recommendation overall is just to find them where they're hiding. Um, that's going to be underneath things like those pots or little bricks and boards and mm-hmm. things like that in the garden. And to dispatch them however you like. Yeah. The best way to do that is probably to drop them into soapy water or to use an old pair of scissors or pruners and just oh. when cut I was, them up. Yeah, in the farm I used to just you know smush them in my hand. I that's that's a technique or also we have another technique which is um put it in put it in a terrarium and make it your pet which we have a pet snail that we've had for about two years his name's home slice he's great (laughs) he eats a lot of great vegetables that is really cool a pet snail that is awesome (laughs) you're with grow pdx radio show and podcast on x-ray fm i'm your host weston miller of osu with digital producer diana suarez We'll be talking about vegetables and specifically getting into details about um, how to grow different kinds of vegetables right about now. So let's talk about lettuce. Mm-hmm. There's so many types of lettuces and greens. What, what's, what's up with lettuce? When should we start planting it? Great question. With lettuce, I would say overall, um, you could plant it by seed now, and you could do okay. that just by broadcasting it on the soil. You don't really even need to bury it. it. It just sort of stays right there on the soil surface, 
and it'll germinate. And with that kind of lettuce, you could call it cut and come again, where it'll grow itself. And once it gets three, four, five inches tall, go with a pair of scissors and just cut that up, harvest that, wash it up, and put it into your salad. And then it'll regrow those leaves a couple times. So you can get at least two or maybe three harvests out of your lettuce. That's one way to grow it. Another way to grow it is to either start transplants or go to the store and buy some transplants. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you'll find that usually there's two, three, four plants in one little cell. Mm-hmm. And if you want a head of lettuce, you'd want to like uh, nip it down so that you have just one plant growing. And then you would transplant that at about the the depth of the soil that's there, a little bit deeper, so that's nice and firm in the ground. Mm-hmm. And then um, 45, 60 days later or so, you'll get a nice, beautiful head of lettuce. Cool. Then with uh, kale is another thing that mm-hmm. people are going to want to plant right now. Mm-hmm. The trick with kale is to, when you go to the store, um, basically choose the ones that are looking the healthiest. When you buy transplants at a garden center, some of the transplants look like they've been sitting around too well. Mm -hmm. So look for ones that are really sort of um, squat and green and robust looking. And with the kale, you might want to thin it down to just one plant per cell and then transplant those. Again, you're going to go a little bit deeper than the soil level all the way up even to the first true set of leaves. Mm -hmm. And then with both of those, if you've prepared the soil, as we talked about earlier, the next step would be watering them. Earlier on in the season here, I would recommend watering them in with some sort of water-soluble fertilizer like fish emulsion or miracle Grow, if folks wanted to use that. Mm-hmm. And um, in that way, it'll get them off to a really good start. The nutrients will be there. You'll get a nice... Um, some greens, either you know kale or lettuces coming up really soon. Cool. And what about onions? What's the trick to onions? Well, onions are a little bit harder to grow, and it depends on what you're looking for. Let's talk about like a bulbing onion like Walla Walla. And with those, you'll want to transplant them coming up pretty soon in the next couple of weeks once it starts to warm up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you'll want to space them somewhere around four to six inches apart. Mm-hmm. And then the main thing is, with onions is that they're heavy feeders, so they really like a lot of fertilizer. Okay. And then they also really don't tolerate weeds uh, mm-hmm. very well. Um, So in that case, you'll want to keep them super well weeded along the way. And then you'll want to add additional fertilizer as through the course of the growing season. Got it. You could do that with your... um, uh, with your f- soluble fertilizer, the fish emulsion, like mm-hmm. we already talked about, mm-hmm. or you could scratch in some additional fertilizer like feather meal a couple times through the course of the season. And then mm-hmm. the last trick with onions is that they really don't like to dry out very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd want to keep them consistently watered. If you don't do that, you'll probably end up just um, uh, with sort of smaller heads or excuse me, bulbs of onions that won't be very impressive for you. Okay, what about garlic? Does garlic grow similarly to onions? Good question. Garlic is something that um, you'll want to plant late in the season. So typically people plant garlic here in the Northwest in October. Okay. And then right about now would be, uh, it's starting to grow in earnest. Mm -hmm. And if people did plant garlic last fall the trick would be to fertilize it Mm -hmm. um somewhere around march is a good time to fertilize and then again in may to -hmm. keep it well weeded if it dries out a lot this spring then also uh you'd want to water it 
then somewhere around July, it's time to harvest the garlic. Mm -hmm. And with harvesting it, just pulling it out of the ground and then putting it in a um, sort of a, a, a shady place where there's good air movement, Got letting it. it cure for a couple of weeks. Okay. And if you do all that, then you'll have garlic that'll store really well. And you'll also have garlic that you could uh, use again next year. So crack open the bulbs and plant the individual cloves come October next yeah. year. Yeah, I actually worked on a farm last summer and one of my really great friends, he's, his name's Lucas, he's 14, was just really adamant that I'm, I take garlic with me when I when I leave the farm. It was just really sweet and cool. And, and did you eat it all? I did. It was really great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, garlic is good. Now, potatoes are another crop I would recommend folks plant if they're looking for an easy-to-grow crop. And you can go find a great stash of potatoes at somewhere like Portland Nursery or Garden mm -hmm. Fever. Yeah. Those are seed potatoes, and they're going to be certified disease-resistant. Yeah. Uh, if they're really small, you could plant them whole. But if they're larger-type tomato or potatoes, mm -hmm. cut them up into quarters and then to um, maybe let them sit overnight so that they callus up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then to plant them in the ground, plant them nice and deep. Uh, they'll grow pretty vigorously. And then as they're growing along the way, you can hill them either with compost or additional dirt. And that way you'll get more potatoes. Cool. Yeah. And speaking of potatoes, I'm going to switch it right over to tomatoes. Tomatoes, potato, right. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato, right? Um, everybody, I feel like everybody here in the Northwest is just, they're either p tomato, tomato green thumbs or tomato killers. What's the trick? The trick with tomatoes, uh, tomatoes, number one, are semi-easy to grow um, if you take some good steps up front. And the main uh -huh. thing is probably uh -huh. making sure to apply that lime to okay. the soil because yeah. they really like to have a lot of calcium so that uh -huh. they can set up really nice big fruit. Got it. So that would be one trick. And uh -huh. then the other thing is... Um, Sadly, I've already seen tomatoes out there at the nurseries, <laughs> and it's just way too early to be planting them in our area. I would mm -hmm. want people to wait for at least another couple weeks yeah. or, or really a month and a half until they plant tomatoes. So just hold off. You don't need to get them. If you really need to buy tomato plants soon, you could do it, put them in a, a gallon container and then put them in the warmest place possible mm -hmm. until later on in the season. Cool. Somewhere around late May or early June is gonna be the best time to plant them. Got it. Then they can be planted nice and deep and really all just a couple inches of foliage sticking above the ground, mm -hmm. trim off all the other branches, and then that'll mm -hmm. have a nice really robust root system. Mm -hmm. And then the next step would be to, to water them and let them grow. Yeah. Uh, pruning tomatoes is important because they are really scraggly if you don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can either have one liter or you can have two liters or maybe a little bit more. Having some sort of trellis system or a big tomato basket would be another key. Yeah. And then you'll just keep watering them until yeah. somewhere around early August or so. That They'll start to fruit then. And then you can really cut the water at that time. Okay. And then they'll set up some nice tasty fruit towards the end of the season that mm -hmm. aren't going to be too watery. Yeah, I would say that one thing that I've found really successful is to just be pretty aggressive with those tomatoes when those flowers... In terms of pruning. Yeah, every flower that you see is going to eventually turn into a tomato. So if you see a whole bunch of flowers, it's just going to be a lot of energy. Your plant's going to spend a lot of energy trying to make all of all four of those little tomatoes. So, you know, you want to think about... You trim you, off individual blossoms. I do. Yeah, ah. you do. So I just 
think about I want one big juicy tomato here instead of five mediocre sad tomatoes and trim off the blossoms and then that can certainly yeah. work uh, maybe yeah. a bit painstaking in terms of many many blossoms and mm-hmm. if you prune just bigger branches at the base yeah. it'd be a little bit less work and still yeah. the same effect of having less yeah. uh, fruit forming at any one time Yeah, that's a great question cool. we're talking about vegetable gardening here on Grow PDX this afternoon stay with us for a final segment when we'll be taking your gardening questions and also celebrating cardoon as our last plant of the week I'm Weston Miller we'll be back in a minute Support for X-Ray FM comes from Portland Nursery. For over 100 years, Portland Nursery has provided Portland residents with a wide selection of healthy plants and expert gardening advice, community-oriented and family-owned. Portland Nursery, a passion for plants, a nursery for plant people. Located on 50th and Stark and on 90th and Division. There's no doubt about it, American democracy is in a crisis. As corporate conglomerates and fake news take advertising dollars to sell stuff, it's hard to get the real scoop. Shows like X-Ray in the Morning, Group Therapy, Grow PDX offer unique conversations and opportunities for listeners to learn, engage, and make connections to what is happening in the Portland community and to make connections around the world. Donate today by going online at xray.fm slash donate and help continue to make waves with X-Ray FM. Radio is yours. X-Ray. Welcome back to Grow PDX. I'm your host, Weston Miller, with Diana Suarez. And we are going to talk about Cardoon. There's Cardoon. I also want to say we are in the middle of the fun drive. So if you are a supporter of Grow PDX and what we're doing here, give us a call at 503-709-9535. We really couldn't be here without you folks. Become a member and make sure that programs like this stay on the air. Again, that number 503-709-9535. Thanks so much for your support. Thanks, Diana. Um, Yeah. Okay, Cardoon. Uh, I chose Cardoon as our other plant of the week today because it's another perennial and it grows really nicely right alongside Uh the lovage that we already talked about. Cardoon is an artichoke relative. And right now the fronds or the leaves of Cardoon are two or three feet long. They'll get like three, four, five feet long Mm -hmm. as the season goes on. They put on a a really big, tall flower stalk. And then they produce really beautiful purple thistle-like flowers that are maybe five, six, seven feet tall. And then the bumblebees just absolutely love Cardoon. And I like to grow both of the lovage and the Cardoon together because they they emerge early in the season as perennials. They're really, really easy to grow. The yeah. cardoon is another plant that I like to use for self-mulching. So I just okay. cut up the leaves, uh-huh. um, break them up as much as I can right yeah. at the base of the plant. It keeps the weeds from growing at the base of the plant. And then overall, um, the flower stalks of cardoon and the bumblebees that it attracts are really mm-hmm. um, just one of my favorites to have in the yeah. garden. And it does kind of smell like this, what the lovage, which um, is another tip that I remember. The things that smell to get that smell nice together probably grow nice oh, together. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and they also look together nicely together yeah. with a blue green foliage and a really nice green foliage okay. as well. Yeah. And Diana, I want to give folks just one more vegetable gardening tip before we sign off here this afternoon, totally. and that is growing scallions. Oh. Scallions are green onions, mm-hmm. and another really pretty easy crop to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just bought a six pack scallions the other day Mm -hmm. and the beauty of it is that they have already come in a bundle so you know how when you buy scallions they come in a a bundle of five or six uh, plants the way that um, you can buy scallions as a transplant is that there's 
five or six plants growing there, right there in the bundle. So you can oh. just drop that whole plug into the ground cool. and then your bundle is growing right there. And cool. then when it's time to harvest, you pull them all out at the same time and oh. there you have your bundle. You just wash off the dirt and cool. you're ready to go. Very good. Scallions abound. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And Diana, what crops are you looking most forward to eating from the garden this season? Um, yeah, I'm just really excited about cucumbers. I really love cucumbers. Okay, <laughs> and let's let's get to cucumbers. So with yeah. cucumbers, let's go ahead and say um, you'll want to buy transplants, put them in in early June, keep them well watered, okay. and they should do just fine. If yeah. you want, you can put them up on a trellis, but you I don't gonna, have to do that. I was going to ask because they're kind of sprawly. They, get they are kind of sprawly, but if yeah. you have a small space, putting them on a trellis is a, a good practice. Yeah, and then yeah. it's fun to watch them ha- hang down and... Yeah. The beauty is the fruits hang down. You don't get that yellow spot underneath the fruit. Yeah. And then it's also easier to see all the cucumbers because right. harvesting cucumbers is is really part of the battle. Oh, you know what's really hard to harvest is beans because especially when they're on a trellis and, you know, you walk one way and you walk down the other way and there's so many beans that you didn't even notice about that were there. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, green beans are um, hard to harvest. And the thing about beans and with cucumbers and things like that, if you kind of um, are delinquent on your harvesting, mm-hmm. then the plants are going to kind of move along and start to send signals to the plant to start setting seeds rather right. than keep producing your fruit. Yeah, you got to be so really being on top of it. ahead of the curve with your harvesting is the trick. Probably twice a week if not three times a week is recommended to go out there and you really do have to scout around and scour and look for all the plants the best you can or all the the fruits the best you can to make sure that you got it all. All right. What about beets? Okay. Beets are something that you could plant coming up really soon as soon as the soil warms up just a little bit more. Okay. And beets are direct seeded. You'll want to make a nice clean seed bed. So removing all the the sticks and the rocks and things Mm -hmm. like that. Chop up the soil as fine as you can. Make a furrow. Beets can be planted somewhere around an eighth or a quarter inch deep. Mm -hmm. And then keeping them really well watered is going to be the trick as well to get them off to a good start. What about in a container? In a container, beets are going to be a little bit harder to grow. They're going to dry out pretty quickly, and you'd have to water them every day without fail. Got it. (laughs) You've been listening to Grow PDX radio show and podcast. The show is produced by me, Weston Miller, OSU, and Diana Suarez, and Will Romy of X-Ray FM. Join us again next week at 1 p.m. We'll be talking about pollinators with Andoni Malathopoulos of OSU. Birds and bees and plants, oh my. There you go. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thanks, folks. X-Ray FM is supported by People's Food Co-op. Since 1970, People's has worked to offer responsibly sourced products at fair prices. Working with over 40 local farms to provide fresh, organic, farm-direct produce year-round. People's is collectively managed by community members throughout Portland. Located on Southeast 21st and Division, People's is open 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. More information about their location on 21st and Division at their weekly farmer's market every Wednesday from 2 to 7 p.m. and online at peoples.coop. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Hi-Fi Farms, a Portland-based clean cannabis company that seeks to empower local organizations in social justice and ethical practices. Through lobbying for socially responsible small businesses alongside the Main Street Alliance, working on energy standards in the cannabis industry with the Resource Innovation Institute, and putting a microphone to the best and most distinctive of Portland with X-Ray FM. When they go low, we go high. Hi-Fi Farms. More information available at hi-fifarms.com.